Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Investing with IBD podcast sponsored by Vantage Point. It's July 27th, 2022, and on the show with me today, I have Arusha Paris joining me, Justin Nielsen. And of course, Arusha Paris joins me every week. He is the one of the portfolio managers at O'Neill Global Advisors. How are you doing this week, Arusha? I'm doing well, Justin. You can't get rid of me, so... Right, exactly, as much as we've tried. And you might notice that I have a different background today. I am actually in the office. We have a number of the members of our content department that are in the office visiting for LA. So uh, it was one of those cases where they were going to have a dinner. And typically when someone offers to feed me, I show up. So uh, that's why you're seeing the, the background of the office. But uh, and you saw uh, Ed Arusha, Carson walk by. And you saw Ed Carson walk by. So a little cameo there. So you might be seeing, a, yeah, the, the, this is one of those virtual backgrounds that has uh, people moving in the back. I think uh, I see half of Chris's head. Uh, yep, over, yep. Uh, there, there, there's a half shoulder. of Chris. Yep, right there. Uh -huh. uh, um, we might we might get an alley sighting. She's she's in in town, so it's been nice to see people. Um, but uh, a few things that we're going to talk about on the show today. We're of course uh, we just had the Fed meeting. Uh, you know the the announcement of a 75 basis point rate hike. We'll take a look at uh, what's the effect on the market. We'll take a look at the market in general. And then also we'll kind of talk about surfing the surfing the market, what what that's like right now. And we'll end with a few stock ideas. So Arusha, um, why don't we start with the NASDAQ, pull up the NASDAQ. And I mean, what a day we had today. Um, you know, it's a very, very strong day. And we're, we're right back above that 12,000 level that was seeming to provide some resistance. Um, what's what's your take right now? Well, it was, uh, as you said, a really strong day, especially after the reaction to the Fed news, right? So the, the Fed came out around two o'clock uh, Eastern and 75 basis points, everything pretty much as expected. Uh, and and the, the market just took off. Why? I'm not sure. You know, it's, it's almost like kind of the the machines or the algos just kind of ran ran up every everyone at that point. Uh, it, but the and it was kind of strange because the Fed also said, oh, you know, demand is slowing down and things like that. But uh, that being said, I I think the bigger thing is everyone just has gotten got so negative over the <laughs> last few months that it is normal to have a counter trend rally, a bear market type of rally. And so the, I think the odds are you were still in a bear market. That being said, you know, it is my opinion and that really means nothing. The, the big thing is up 4% on higher volume. It, it is another fall today, uh, an additional fall through. And so we really have to see how the market acts in the next couple of days, right? Because a lot of times the market will have a strong reaction one or the other to some major news like a Fed announcement. But then it kind of, things settle down and the, and a lot of times the opposite happens in a couple of days later so we'll have to wait and see the it's over 12,000 the kind of the critical area for the nasdaq the resistance is that 12,300 level so right. it needs to get over that too but the the reality is is uh you know under pressure but uh, there there are a number of distribution days collecting so that's kind of for the bears right there right but it's still a little uncertain uh, but you are over the 50-day, you're over the 21-day, you have gotten a number of uh, additional fall-through days, and the market over the last month or so has been a lot more resilient than than imagined, right? It's had plenty of opportunities to come and test the lows of the market, but every opportunity it's had, it, it found its footing and was able to move up higher and I think today was a yet another example because yesterday it finished uh, pretty poorly. Mm -hmm. And and so today it was, it was a pretty strong move. And so this market might uh, might want to run a little bit more and, and catch those who were uh, shorting the market uh, for and, and uh, you know, catch them a, a little offhand here. Right. And, you know, one of the things that's been kind of tricky is that the, the volume has been really low. I mean, yesterday, uh, you know, it, it was. It was higher than Monday, but Monday was the lowest that we had seen since June 3rd on the NASDAQ composite. Um, so we, we've been having some really low volume, even going into the Fed meeting today, uh, a lot of low volume. I think a lot of people were waiting to find out, okay, it, 
I think the 75 basis points was expected and they just wanted to make sure that there was no surprises. And I think that was that was the big takeaway from today was that there were no surprises. So it just kind of allowed things to move. Um, one of the reasons why we stayed under pressure is that there's still a scarcity of breakouts out there. Um, and that's that's one of the things that's causing a little uh, a little concern, um, you know, uh, for, for, for some of us, I mean, we're we're playing more ETFs than anything because the individual stocks just aren't providing that many opportunities. Um, and, you know, it, it's, it's funny because we talked so much about that follow through day undercut uh, that we had right after the initial follow through day. And again, you know, if, if we just go back in time there, you see that the follow through day was on the 24th of June and the follow through day undercut where we closed below the low of the follow-through day that was on june 28th and that's usually a very negative signal and usually leads to a rally failure but the one thing we've had as you mentioned arusha uh we had all of these follow-through day these subsequent follow-through days that kind of give you a sense that hey maybe we can kind of rally now we also not too long ago went through the 2000 to 2003 uh bear market and how many rallies we had some of them very powerful the 2001, of course, uh, after September 2001, that was a 40% move in the in the Nasdaq composite. Um, so, you know, just because it's a bear market rally doesn't mean it can't be powerful. Doesn't mean it can't be traded. The biggest problem right now is what what do you buy? What's 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 actionable? What is setting up properly and trending? Because I feel like right now the biggest issue I'm having is uh, anything that I buy. It trends for a couple days, and then it seems like there's a rotation into something else. Uh, what, what about you? How have you been handling this on the individual stock side, Arusha? Yeah, a very, very small. Uh, just having incredibly small positions, not too many positions, and it's just more those probes just to see if I'm getting knocked out. Now, I got knocked out of one of the stocks. So I had two probes. One was knocked mm -hmm. out. The other, the other probe is still hanging in there. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, I'm I'm still I'm still very cautious. When you look at the kind of the com composition of the industry groups, right? It's still very defensive. Yeah. Uh, I mean, let me, let me just pull it up here. Uh, it, it's I mean, there it, it's not nothing very growthy. It's uh, let's see. I mean, you still have a bunch of energy. In the top three, now you have just a retail discount variety, some medical, medical outpatient home care group, uh, some consulting and other. The biotechs are now up to number eight. We've been talking about mm -hmm. biotech and, you know, there's 800 stocks in that group. And so a lot of money has gone into that. Uh, so that's probably the one growthy type of uh, group in the top 10. Then you have some other medical. So a number of medical stocks are coming yeah. to the top 10. Uh, so it's still a little bit more defensive in nature, especially even within, the, besides the biotech, the other medical groups are much more conservative, much more uh, defensive related. If insurance was in the top 10 at one point, right? So utilities, utilities yes, were exactly. kind of moving up there for a while. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's the, the market's telling you something there that it's not our type of market. But as you said, we could have a tradable rally here a powerful bear market type of rally. And so you could buy some things. If you see something, some stocks buy, you can buy them. If you see some ETFs, you can try those. But, you know, play small. Don't get too aggressive uh, until, you know, proven otherwise. Until maybe if you start making progress on some of those positions, right? And that's usually how it works a lot of time for, for me, the way that I kind of get back in sync. Because I always get... When we go through these kind of either bear markets or pretty tough corrections, yeah, I, I always have a tendency to get too negative, right, and just assume mm -hmm. that it's never going to work again. Uh, but then I start, I see enough, I see a couple of stocks that I like, I try them very small, but then I notice they're starting to work, and after a a, a week or two, I, I might try a little bit more, go a little bit larger positions, and eventually, especially after fall through day, and you start seeing more and more of our growthy related type of stocks break out you have more opportunities to buy. And after three to four weeks into a, a real rally, I'm suddenly maybe 60%, 70% invested, maybe yeah. more than that. So the market will truly slowly pull you in when that time is right. And it's not, it's not pulling me in that much. It's pulling me in a little bit, but not that much. And so that's always been the bi biggest indicator, most important indicators. Like you said, Justin, the 
stocks, how many stocks are right. setting up. And there aren't that many. There are some, but there aren't that many to really force me to get more and more invested in the market. And this has been one of the, the issues we keep on, I guess, complaining about to a certain degree is uh, a lot of the strength seems like it's coming from uh, some of the most beaten down areas. Uh, just today, I mean, two of the top stocks were uh, PayPal and Datadog. I mean, you look at those charts and, you know, this this is not the typical Bill O'Neill, let's, you know, buy points here. I mean, <laughs> these are charts that are, you know, 80% off their highs and, um, you know, still, you know, the, the, the downtrend is well established here. You know, there, there is no right side of the cup <laughs> or, or base in any way, shape or form on these. This, these are still at the bottom. Uh, so how, how do you kind of, I guess, when, when the things that are moving are these, these stocks coming off their bottoms, um, what, what, what do you do in that case? Yeah. And I think it really just depends on the type of book that you're running. So, for the most part, you know, when when you're an individual investor, like like we we are, for uh, you're you're mainly running an, an absolute book. You you have the luxury of going in cash. You don't have to play in the markets. And so, when I see a data dog in PayPal, it's, it's, I'm not even considering it because mm -hmm. it's so far away from that. They're so far away from setting up right now. Uh, so so I, I they don't even come on the radar a lot of times for me. Uh, but it, but the problem is that, and this is probably for more institutional, and we're 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 uh, we're trying a little bit of kind of relative books internally and stuff like that. When when you look at it from a relative perspective, and you have to be invested in the market all the time, and even if you're right, uh, and and you're you're in stocks that are holding up the best in the in the market, they're showing some great relative strength. There's going to come a point in that market cycle there's going to come a week or two where you have a PayPal and a, a Datadog or some uh, a number of other stocks that have gotten beaten up 60, 70% off their highs. They're going to have tremendous rallies. Some of these stocks are going to go up a hundred percent in just a matter of weeks. And if you're managing a relative book and you're having to deal with a benchmark, all of a sudden, right. all that, all, all that kind of uh, gains that you had, uh, you're, you're, uh, you're losing them rapidly to all the junk off the bottom. And so that that's why it, it makes it kind of the, that's why it's so hard, hard in, uh, from the fund world to outperform the market because it's, you, ha you have to be in there all the time. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and if you're trying to just be in stocks that are closer to 52 week highs and stuff like that, there's always going to come a time where a lot of the other stocks that have gotten crushed, they're going to start reverting to the mean a little bit. Right. And your stocks aren't going to go anywhere. They're going to go down. And so you're going to start underperforming for a little bit. And uh, that that's that's where the, the pressure really comes in. So it really just depends. So so for, for us and for most of our listeners, yeah, if, if you're running absolute books where you can go in cash, don't worry about it, right? You stick with the stocks that are closer to 52-week highs. Try a couple of them. Uh, you maybe you don't have to buy breakouts because uh, breakouts aren't going to always work in bear markets. But uh, you want to you want to be in stocks that are within striking distance of going into all time highs. You can buy on the pullbacks and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, and but the most important thing is you kind of stick with the same discipline. Get the traction. Prove to yourself that you're making traction. It's just too. It's just been too hard using our style over the last month or two to really gain any traction in the market consistently. Yeah. And you know what, before we before we close this segment, um, maybe we can take a look at some of the other indexes. Um, the S&P 500, uh, while while not as strong as the NASDAQ composite in this latest rally, it, it has gotten above its 4000 level. So I think that's notable. But kind of like that 12,320 level on the NASDAQ, it looks like we've got this 4177 level that we've got to look at for the S&P 500. But I also thought that it was a little interesting that the Russell 2000, um, now the Russell 2000, we often use IWM, which is the iShares uh, Russell 2000 ETF. Um, you know, this this has gotten, you know, the Russell 2000 has gotten above 1800, uh, 180 on the Russell 2000 I, IWM. And, you know, it's, you know, it, the, the, the pullback looked a little bit sharper on the NASDAQ, um, whereas the IWM, kind of held up a little bit better. And usually people think of the small caps as a little bit more of that risk on. Um, 
anything anything from looking at the other indexes that's giving you kind of some indicators of where you should be, Arusha? Well, if you look at the more on the indices, uh, they're all above their 50 days. And mm -hmm. and honestly, they've all kind of they're they're they've all kind of built a little bit of a, a trading range that when you look at it, you're like, oh, you know, maybe maybe there is a tradable kind of rally here. Uh, so so that, that that's kind of the first thing that I noticed. They're above their 50s or above their 21s. And it's been a long time since you had a, a, a decent rally to make everyone think that maybe this is truly the bottom, which mm -hmm. it, it could be. Right. I mean, we, we don't know. I mean, it, it very well could be the bottom maybe the market always looks out six to nine months ahead um mm -hmm. so so yeah when i look at that you're I, I could see it they don't look as bad as but uh they, they don't look terrible they don't look great they're still in downtrends <laughs> but they're at least trying to fight when i look at more of the stocks it, it's just more the number of stocks that it's yeah. just a smaller percentage of stocks that are setting up that that has me more concerned and tells me that it, it's better to still be patient it's okay you don't always have to get the bottom you know, I'm, right. I'm not, I'll never get the bottom and I'll miss out on the kind of that first initial rally. But you can always make up with it, especially since uh, with the way we do it, where you concentrate more in a few positions. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times when the when everything lines up, those things dramatically outperform the market. Yeah. And I mean, just as a reminder, after the 2009 uh, follow through day in March, uh, after, you know, the devastating great financial crisis in 2008, um, it it really did take a few months for growth to really come on strong that one did yeah. start with a lot of bottom fishing a lot of the you know most beaten down names kind of rebounding um and again it's not like it's not like all the troubles were over right uh you know in in, in march of 2009 there were still years to kind of work through a lot of those excesses that were going on and um yeah so yeah this could be the bottom but it also even if it is the bottom doesn't mean we're in a in a rally yet Right. You know, you can have a lot of sideways activity. Um, you know, 2011, the global recession fears during that period of time uh, remind me of, you know, what can happen. You know, you can have months and months of sideways activity where you don't make progress uh, before you finally kind of come out of it. So when we come back, we're going to kind of take this analogy of surfing uh, to the markets and how to handle some of your positions, risk management and so on. So stick with us. We'll be right back. Hey, trader, listen up. The markets have changed. Have you changed your strategies? Vantage Point can help you conquer volatility. Learn to trade with AI. Visit www.freestockcoaching.com and discover how to predict market trends one to three days in advance with up to 87.4% proven accuracy. No matter which way the market moves, Vantage Point's patented AI can give you a massive edge. Visit www.freestockcoaching.com to get what you need to find your best entries and exits. That's www.freestockcoaching.com. Trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Past results do not guarantee future performance. And welcome back to the Investing with IBD podcast sponsored by Vantage Point. It's Justin Nielsen here along with Arusha Pires. And uh, this week we were thinking we would talk a little bit about uh, surfing the market. Uh, I know Jim Ropel has talked a little bit about kind of his analogies with surfing. Um, this kind of came about because yesterday I was on on vacation. I had family visiting from Denmark and uh, we went on wave runners. We went to the beach down in Newport, uh, Newport Beach here in California. Um, and uh, you can you can see a little little burns uh, there on the on the top of the head. So that's that's my proof point. But, you know, there, there's a lot about surfing that does seem to be uh, kind of analogous to the market. And, you know, one of the things that kind of strikes me the most is how patient you see some of those surfers being out there. And and I feel like we keep on talking about patience. It's one of those things where, um, Again, you go early in the morning and you'll just see a bunch of surfers like, you know, Huntington Beach area. They're all lined up. They're just waiting for that right wave. And um, and they pass up a lot. Right. Because it's just not the right moment. It's, it, you know, their positioning isn't exactly right. And so a lot of times it's it's waiting out there. Uh, so, uh, Arusha, have you ever have you ever done any surfing yourself? No, I, I haven't done any surfing. I did, when, when I moved here uh, years ago, I I was doing a little boogie boarding. Okay. Uh, and and uh, and I caught some waves mm -hmm. that that kind of carried me all the way into the beach, and it was pretty amazing actually. And uh, I, then I was like, okay, I, I get why people 
why, right. why people get obsessive about this because because it, it was kind of uh, it, it was just kind of mind-boggling <laughs> that you're just mm -hmm. carried so far but uh, but uh, to, you know getting back to that analogy I, I that that's essentially what we were talking about in the first segment yeah right? and mm -hmm. I, I think once you go through a couple of cycles and see how markets behave and how the stocks we look for behave when everything lines up mm -hmm. you learn to appreciate that those kind of moments right there and then when you don't see it you learn to be a little more patient now obviously during you know during that kind of process you're you're hopping on that surfboard for what you think is a ne next great wave and uh you're, you're you're wiping out left and right right so so, so you're 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 getting hit. You're you're making mistakes, all that stuff. But you eventually learn that if you start taking too many shots, when the time is right, what when the time is not right, mm -hmm. you're gonna you're gonna stop yourself out. You're gonna you're gonna wear yourself down, and you're gonna be too tired. You'll be on the shore by the time the the great waves are coming that are gonna be able to carry you a, a long distance. So, so that's that's why like, and I'm sure. I'm assuming that we've been pretty consistent at this when we talk about the markets over the last few months that it's not the time, it's not the time, right? Even though you have some of these powerful rallies, what that kind of make everyone think that maybe, maybe, uh, you know, th this is really powerful. Maybe it is the right time. But when you look at kind of the stocks and, and everything else, uh, you, 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 uh, and you have a little bit of that experience to lean on, you, you realize that this is not what, there's not the same kind of environment that it was a few years ago or yeah. now the great bull markets. Mm -hmm. And, you know, to your point, I, I think one of the, one of the things that's attractive about the stock market, like, like surfing is when you, when you kind of catch that, that wave and you're like, Oh, this is, this is what it feels like. This is what it feels like to, to have the right stock or the right wave. Um, and, and to be able to carry something for, for a while and to get a real meaningful profit out of it. Uh, I think that's what, really attracts a lot of people to it and and makes them want to keep on trying to get you know to get those winners because the reality is and I, I've, I've done a lot of analysis on our IBD 50 list um, you know looking at Bill's portfolio uh, my own portfolio and the reality is it's it's not like you have to have a lot of wins to make it big it's very few wins that you're really having a, a big material impact on your portfolio that's what does that's what does the most for you it's um you know there there, there have been a couple uh analyses that i've done where it's about eight to ten percent eight to ten percent is where the majority of your performance or outperformance will come from if you're if you're doing a good job at this and so you can have a lot of a lot of stocks that you're wrong on you know a, a lot of a lot of waves that you pass up and it's just, you know, catching those few that are really right. That's what's going to make the whole difference for you. Um, so I, I think your point is, you know, exactly whether you're boogie boarding or surfing, um, you know, once once you kind of catch a few just right. And, and sometimes that means, you know, being at the right place at the right time. Right. The, the positioning is important, um, you know, and you know, your, your timing of, you know, really kind of catching it at the right time and not chasing it. You have to kind of be where the, where the wave is. If you're seeing the wave kind of break, you know, a uh, hundred yards to your left, well, guess what? You're, you're, you're not going to catch that. You know, that's, that's just too far away and you, you, you shouldn't go chasing it because then you're going to be out of position for maybe the wave hitting in, in your area. So, um, you know, what, what, what else about surfing and, and, and this market kind of strike you as, uh, analogous here, I think consistency, mm -hmm. right? You're you're kind of doing the same routine. So you're talking about all those surfers, and I see them here, you know, in near Manhattan Beach over here. Mm -hmm. they're, they're those surfers are there all the time, you're, and and they're they're very consistent. They're 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 in the early mornings. They're there's plenty of surfers <laughs> in the evenings. Yeah, they're, they're it's part of their lives, right? Mm -hmm. It's their routine. Uh, I'm sure as they integrate into their life with their jobs and things like that, there, there, there's a point where they're automatically, you know, it's just at four o'clock in that day, maybe after work, 
they just head towards the beach. They have all the stuff there right. that they need, the wetsuits and all the, all, you know, the surf. Probably a routine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They have it all there. They're not thinking about it too much because you start thinking about something too much, you're not going to do it. And, and it's a habit, right? So it just, it just, uh, it's just part of their life. And mm. so that's the only way you're, you're going to catch that big wave, right? And, and we, we, we've talked about this before, but, you know, Laird Hamilton, we, 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 we would play like uh, uh, Laird Hamilton's video. And I think it's still on YouTube, but he was on Charlie Rose. Uh, right. and, and Charlie Rose is asking him, you know, what drives you to do this and, you know, describe catching a big wave and all this kind of stuff. And the way he described it is the exact way that, you know, Bill O'Neill would talk about stocks where you have to be there every day. You have to prepare that the big wave is coming or the next great stock is coming today. And you have, when it, when it comes, there's no hesitation. You got to hop on it. Now there are going to be plenty of these waves or stocks that like you said justin they're not going to work out right they're going to get stopped you're going to get stopped out or maybe they're going to go up 20 percent, and that's it mm-hmm. but then they're of once in a while and especially at the beginning of a new bull market you may catch one of those next great great leaders and then it's not it's not that hard to catch the next great leader it's it's the, the hard part is managing it Right. Yeah. And just like I'm sure some of those hundred foot waves that I, I see some some of these guys try, uh, surfing, <laughs> that's probably a little bit hard to, to manage something like that. Right. Uh-huh. So it's a, it's the same thing with with stocks. I've been in all of these kind of great, huge book uh, monster winning stocks over the last 15 plus years. And very few did I manage them extremely right. well. I managed some of them. OK. And things like that. Um, so, so that, I think that is one of the harder parts. Now, I think the other hard part that people don't realize, and this is probably the hardest thing, um, is the environments, especially when you're getting started out learning this. And I got started out in 2000. So it took me two and a half years to really even see a good, like real good market, (laughs) right? Studying and using can slim. Uh, but the hard part is being, you know, participating in an environment where you can actually get some practice at at buying great stocks, breaking out in a great market. They don't come around that often. And and so those windows open up only so many times. When they close, kind of like they've closed after 2020, yeah, we're, we're, we're kind of just sitting on the sidelines for the most part mm-hmm. waiting. Yeah, it's, it's just been just a, a lot of waiting and, you know, kind of getting frustrated something once in a while buying stocks and things like that and trying small positions but that that's the hardest part it's because you might have to wait a few years before you even get a chance to put some of these things that we're talking about to in action where you can actually get some experience and i think that's the hardest part versus any of the other kind of professions out there where you can consistently you know work on math or work on medicine or work on carpentry you can just get up and you know do that stuff pretty consistently you don't, you don't have to wait for a bull market to to practice being a heart surgeon right so mm-hmm. um so so that's so i think that's the hardest part that catches a lot of people off guard because they 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 initially think that you can you, you should be able to make money all the time in the market that's not the case well and i think you know what some people don't realize is with a lot of those professions you know let's just take heart surgery for instance uh you know that's something that takes a lot of time and there's something that I feel like some people are thinking of the stock market more as a lottery type thing where you just have to be lucky. And, and you know, why am, why am I not making money? Because I made money in 2020. Why am I not making money now? Um, and, you know, with with some of these professions, even like, let's say heart surgery, I mean, look, not every not every heart surgery comes up, you know, that often. Right. You know, in order to kind of get your. Um, right. Get your feet wet in a lot of different surgeries. I mean, you have to have the right surgery come up for you to, to even get that practice. But there's also a huge element of risk management here, you know, because, look, I was I was sitting on the beach with my son and, you know, he's he's eight years years old. He's he's not a he's not a swimmer. He does. He doesn't like getting water in his face. Right. I'm not going to go bring him out in waves. Right. That, that would just be silly. And I haven't haven't surfed enough to where I would even go in a in a situation where there were big waves because I just know that my experience isn't there, you know, and, and 
look, if the water's too choppy, if it's, you know, the, the, the weather's not right, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that you can look at and say, hey, you know what, maybe there are going to be some waves to catch here. Maybe there are going to be some stocks to catch here. But there's too much risk. There's too much risk to, to make it not a good um, scenario for me that it is better to just wait and, and, and watch from the shore until until the weather improves until the conditions improve uh what have you so uh, i think you know risk management is a is a huge part of this that some people forget and that's why we stress so much that when you get into a stock it's important that you have your exit strategy right i mean the last thing you would want to do is if you were um if you were not a strong swimmer and you didn't have good skills you know you wouldn't want to be in one of those big waves if you didn't have a way of kind of getting out of it before it, it tumbles all over you. Um, so, uh, you know, there, there, there's just a lot of things here where it's important that you, again, you're, you're there at the right time, but also, you know, you, you have that patience to not chase everything, um, to, to sit there and w- wait for the right thing. And look, there are some of these waves that kind of go for a long time and maybe you don't ride the whole thing. You know, sometimes you might pull, pull out of the wave because you want to go catch another one, you know, to get that break, you know, that that really strong move that happens at the beginning, um, rather than kind of riding it for a, a very long time all the way into shore. So, yeah, a lot I, I of think that's a great point. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, you don't have to. Yeah, exactly. You don't have to be the Laird Hamiltons and try to catch the hundred foot wave to uh, to to enjoy surfing. Right. You can get the small waves and, and, yeah. and things like that. Right. And but get a lot of small waves. So, right. so yeah, a, a lot of this is making it your own, adapting it to your personality. I, I think uh, Jesse Livermore did it well where he would uh, when the market when he saw the markets weren't working and the markets weren't ready to give give out money. He went fishing. Right. Mm-hmm. He, he didn't go surfing at that point. He went fishing. He just hopped mm-hmm. on his yacht and went fishing for, mm-hmm. for a number of months to get away from the market. So and that helped him kind of preserve his mentality and, and uh, uh, prevent him from getting chopped around and getting tempted by the market. Because the market's always going to give you, especially in bear markets, they're going to give you so many reasons uh, during certain times, maybe like now, uh, where they're going to tempt you. Right, the mar- the routes are going to be so strong, and you're going to see your stocks starting to bottom out, and you're like, "Oh my gosh, this is it! Here's the bottom." And like as we've seen, like in March and May, all of a sudden the the floor falls out, and 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 we're taking another leg lower. So so you you can't assume that we're necessarily at that bottom, um, but uh, you 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 kind of incrementally move in, incrementally move out, but you have to not have to have any worry about the FOMO. Right. You don't yeah. have to worry about the fear of missing out. And when the markets aren't there and the, when the markets aren't set up, especially for you, it, feel the feel the freedom to kind of walk away and take that mental break. Mm-hmm. Well, and, you know, t- to that point, a lot of people almost feel like they can almost force the market to bend to their will. Yeah. And no, no one thinks that about the ocean. Right. You know, you, you have to you have to go with what the ocean is giving you. You know, the, you can't just make a wave appear out of thin air. Um, and, and so uh, you have to you have to just go with what's being given to you. And it's up to you to, to write it appropriately, you know, whether that's through your risk management, your position size, um, what have you. But, um, you know, you, you have to have the right conditions. You have to have a wave to even ride. Um, and, and right now. That's kind of coming full circle to what we were talking about. You know, the there aren't that many stocks out there. You know, so you know maybe the conditions maybe the conditions are great in terms of it's looking like sunny skies, but if there's no stocks to buy, then then what do you do? You know, you're just gonna you're just gonna have to sit there and wait for a little while and be patient, and and that's okay. So, okay. Well, when we come back, we are going to take a look at a few stocks that we saw setting up on our radar. Again, it was a very big day in the market today. So we'll kind of give a, a quick survey on what, what the market looked like, what it was serving up uh, on, on today's action. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Hey, trader, listen up. The markets have changed. Have you changed your strategies? Vantage Point can help you conquer volatility. Learn to trade with AI. Visit www.freestockcoaching.com and discover how to predict market trends one to three days in advance with up to 87.4% proven accuracy. No matter which way the market moves, Vantage Point's patented AI can give you a massive edge. Visit www.freestockcoaching.com to get what you need 
to find your best entries and exits. That's www.freestockcoaching.com. Trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Past results do not guarantee future performance. Welcome back to the Investing with IBD podcast sponsored by Vantage Point. It's Justin Nielsen here along with my buddy, Arusha Paris from O'Neill Global Advisors. And uh, it's time to look at some stocks. And as a reminder, at www.investors.com slash podcast, you can always find the video version of this. Uh, we'll go through a couple charts right now. So uh, we were just talking about sunny skies possibly being in the market right now. Uh, what can we look at? Let's take a look at TAN. This is the Invesco Solar uh, ETF. And we had Enphase earnings today. Uh, that's E-N-P-H. Um, I do have a position in that myself. Uh, I mean, that was up 17, 18% just for the day. Uh, really, really strong move there. But, you know, we also have Solar Edge that's setting up, S-E-D-G. Uh, that, that looks like a, a, a decent setup. And then we've got our Chinese stocks, uh, DQ. Uh, and JKS, uh, also in the solar industry, that have been looking interesting. So one way to kind of play uh, play the, uh, you know, a number of stocks is to just go with the ETF. And TAN has been one of our favorite ways to play the solar ETF um, or solar stocks because sometimes these guys change uh, leadership, uh, you know, over and over. And TAN kind of lets you participate no matter who's leading. So uh Maybe you could walk us through some of the technical action you're seeing here, Arusha. What do you think? Yeah, well, it's forming a, a coupled handle here and a uh, couple of percent away from breaking out. So 2% away. Uh, and it's overall, it's it's acting pretty well. So it built the, the cup part where you had an undercut of previous lows. So you had a little bit of a shakeout, came back in. It's, it's built a pretty long handle. But within that handle, it's gotten tighter and tighter and the volume has dropped down. And so it, it's uh, it's setting up pretty well here. So it looks like there's some decent accumulation, especially when you look at the volume bars. You're seeing a, a lot more kind of higher volume bars uh, go uh, to the upside uh, on, on TAN. So overall, it, it looks pretty good. Now, obviously, it's not going to be performing as well as some of the stocks that you mentioned. Mm -hmm. But it grabbing all of those together... It could it could have a chance here. The whole group might have a chance to kind of break out. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I kind of liked about uh, today's action is, you know, number one, it's getting back above the 200-day moving average line. So that's that's a positive. Um, if you if you kind of draw a line, you know, of those tops, you know, a little bit of a downtrend there. Um, it was it was kind of getting right up to that level, just above it uh, by the close. So that's that's another positive. Um, and, you know, as you mentioned, I, I, I think the volume, the volume signature on this, when we've been seeing volume lacking in so many in so many individual stocks uh, and, and the general market itself, the fact that you're getting uh, some of those volume spikes on the plus side is is good. Um, and then, yeah, the, the, the fact that the handle's tighter, you know, whenever you see something that has a larger uh, percentage move down in the base, um, and, you know, this this was 31 percent for the base. But I mean, if you look at the weekly chart, you know, it was it was significantly off its all time highs. Um, so, you know, when, when you kind of see that, you know, tighter action kind of gives me a little bit more of a sense that, hey, you know, it's 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 getting a little bit more comfortable uh, with with the prices that it's at right now. There's not as much price discovery price discovery, a lot of price discovery to me usually means uncertainty. Um, and, you know, sometimes that uncertainty can work in your favor as it, it's going up and up. You know, people are saying, hey, we don't know how high this can go. So we're just going to bid that thing up. But it can also work, you know, to the downside where it's like, hey, we don't know how 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 much lower this can go and fear can kind of take over. Um, but any, any parting thoughts on on TAN uh, relative strength line, uh, relative, relative strength, strength rating? You yeah, know. relative strength lines in your 52-week highs. The RS ranks at 90. And this is also uh, looks like a bottoming base, right? Ken Shreve was on a few weeks ago. Yeah. And um, this looks very similar to the type of basis that he was bringing up there where the stock uh, sold off a lot. And and also the, the cup overall looks a lot more constructive, especially compared to the, the cup that formed in 2021. And so I think it has, on a technical basis, a lot of things going for it. Mm -hmm. And one final thing, uh, the industry group. Uh, now, of course, TAN is in the, the finance ETF group. But if we take any of the members of, of this uh, SolarEdge, for instance, uh, or DQ, uh, and you look at energy solar, 
number two go. out of 197. So uh, a number of things going for this. We did put this onto both leaderboard and Swing Trader today. Um, for Swing Trader, we kind of waited until after the Fed announcement, uh, made sure that it was kind of holding up okay. Um, but yeah, uh, th this could be actionable, actionable right now. So yeah, and I, Justin, I would say this is also the energy solar's number two. That's another growth industry group uh, within mm -hmm. the top ten. So there's a couple of them there. So so this is one to keep an eye on. Okay, now speaking of energy, let's switch to energy drinks uh, and go with Monster. The ticker symbol here is MNST, and th there's a few things about this that kind of strike me. Number one. Um, and looking at a lot of the setups out there, and, and again, I, I'll go through a few hundred charts uh, looking for stocks out there, and it's been slim pickings, but it seems like a lot of times when I'm going through a lot of charts, um, you know, I, I help out with the IBD Live watch list and ready list, and I'm still seeing a lot of defensive names show up. And, you know, beverages, um, whether it's alcoholic, non-alcoholic, the food, uh, you know, areas, you know, when, when you start seeing, oh, look at this, look at this nice pattern and it's, you know, post cereal or Kellogg's, <laughs> uh, you know, um, you know, th that's, that's kind of what we're seeing are Hershey's and Campbell's soup. Um, you know, th this is where a lot of the setups are right now. And so, uh, you know, beverages, non-alcoholic, that group is, um, you know, it's, it's 64 out of 197. So not too bad, but uh, what's, what's your technical take on what's going on with Monster right now? Yeah, a really big base that, that it's forming. So I'll also cover the, the daily chart here. Um, so so a, 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 dare I say, a monster base that it's forming. <laughs> uh, but, so a lot of times when I see these kind of large bases forming, when they break out, a lot of times they'll kind of pull back and small a former tightening range, a, a tighter range, or uh, even another base. And mm -hmm. so, so that's the first thing that comes to mind when I see a big base like this. But over the last over the last few weeks, it has tightened up a lot better right near the top, right near the pivot here. Uh, and so it is acting better. I think this is, I agree with you. I think this is one of the ones that if you're really looking to get into the market and you're looking to use our, and using our strategy, or at least using patterns and buying breakouts and things like that, this would have to be cl uh, near the top of your list because it has been acting well. Uh, and um, the relative strength line looks pretty good too. Uh, a very, very strong here over the last few few uh, months. And so not the most exciting stock. It's not 2004 when Monster was changing the world, right. but uh, but it, it is still doing well. But I think when you when we're the reality and you were kind of getting at this before, Justin, when we're looking at, at a monster stock like this, like, I mean, or, or monster beverage in this type of group, that's telling you everything you need to know about the market. Um, this is where the money's going for the most part. It's still going to the defensive areas. And, and this, kind, this is just more evidence that, at least to me, it's not, it's not our perfect type of environment that, that we generally thrive in. Yeah, and, and I like that you made the distinction that this is not this is not monster back when it was called uh, Hanson's Natural, right? right? Uh, you know, when when it was called Hanson's Natural, you know, the monster beverage was something that was you know kind of just revolutionizing that company and leading to uh, a, a huge move. You can actually see it on the monthly chart if you if you go to the monthly chart and take a look at you know again that monster move that you know you can't even see the whole thing it's uh, it was it was so big and and this was uh i, I know this, this was on the small cap nasdaq um it wasn't even trading on the wow. on the regular nasdaq you know when it when it first came uh to our attention um so uh, this is more mature now so again it's not the same thing as when it was coming out of that this is uh now a more mature company you know maybe you could look at celsius holdings as kind of in a similar spot where it's you know kind of having that that monster move that monster type move um yeah. but this is it, it just seems a little bit more defensive in nature now uh as opposed to that move before and um Let's go ahead and round out the discussion uh, with uh, a look at, we've, we've been talking a lot about healthcare names, but let's take a look at one we haven't been talking about so much, and this is Perigo. Uh, so, you know, talk about a blast from the past. This is one that, you know, we, we, we were probably looking at like maybe a, a decade, a decade or so ago, um, you know, and they're into the pharmaceuticals, but the generic, right? You know, so all of these companies, uh, when, when they lose their patents, you know, someone's got to come up and, you know, pick up the over-the-counter uh, generic version version um and perigo is you know does a good job with that so here we have another 
thing that's looking a little bit more like that bottoming base. Um, you know, not our typical, hey, this is something that's making new highs. Um, this is something that's been kind of in the doldrums. So what what kind of put this on your radar? Uh, the, the fact that it is forming a base, a potential bottoming base, and it's gone tight for like the last five weeks. It, it's essentially close to the same price for the last five weeks. So, so mm-hmm. that kind of stuck out to me. Uh, so it's holding up per, pretty well. The relative strength line is is pretty decent over the last few months here. Volume isn't necessarily that great. And, and it really, honestly, I mean, it's funny. I mean, this goes back to 10 plus years ago when this Perigo was maybe, let me go to the monthly year. I mean, may, maybe it was a much more of a growth year stock at that point. Yeah, it, it mm-hmm. went on great runs there. And uh, I, I remember back then when, when we were looking at it. And it was coming up on, on our radar as more of a growth stock. So whenever I see this name, it's like, oh, it, it you know, may, maybe it's ready for another run. I don't think it is. It has a lot of work to do. Uh, mm-hmm. It's essentially come back to those 2010 levels, which is kind of interesting here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so we'll have to see. Maybe, maybe some of these, maybe some of these big drugs. Uh, I haven't done enough research on it. Maybe some of these big drugs are. Uh, going off their patents and Perigo is going to be able to pick them up or something. Uh, and so maybe that's exciting or it could just be what we've been talking about for this whole show. Stock, a lot of money is moving more towards defensive stocks and trying to find a place to hide out until the, the next bull market's ready. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, now, you know, one of, one of the things about this is, you know, the, the, the fundamentals aren't that great. And um, is, is that something that you're, you're kind of letting the technicals, uh, tell tell more of the story right now when the fundamentals aren't so great on something, especially when you're in kind of the medical area. I mean, we, we certainly see that in bio, the biomed biotech area where sometimes you just you don't have any fundamentals. Sometimes you don't even have any revenue yet because they might have this, um, you know, this treatment or this drug and it, it, it just hasn't come out yet. It hasn't gotten the approvals. It hasn't gotten the distribution out there. Um, so w- what do you do with a stock when it's got poor fundamentals, but, you know, estimates are looking strong. Uh, so again, is the market looking forward, you know, six, nine months? Is this truly bottoming? Well, we'll have to wait and see. I mean, the first thing you need to do is break out of the space and let's, let's see if it can hold it. Uh, it still has a long ways to go. So honestly, I mean, this really does not come up on my radar too much. It's not going to come through a lot of my screens because doesn't have the earnings it doesn't it doesn't have the the sales it doesn't really have the technicals even it doesn't have a lot of the stuff that we look for but it's slim pickings right now and so it is coming up on our, our radar i we i found this on the the near pivot list uh, where it's just it just kind of like oh you know perigo here, here's a blast mm-hmm. from the past and it's going tight for a while it was also it, on the tight areas uh yeah. oh, there you go. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, so there you go so and that's why we created those screens just to give some history so you could find stocks in a, a few other ways they're not necessarily like so something like this would i ever consider buying it uh, would this be like up up at the top of my buy list probably not it it, it it probably would never it'd be a long time. It would have to get the earnings and sales. It would have to start moving up quite a bit. I'd be willing to watch it go from 40 to 60, right? A 50% move and then setting up again if all of a sudden earnings and sales. And then maybe I'd buy it at 60, right? So um, so so this wouldn't necessarily be a stock I'd be even really considering buying anytime soon, unless it's like there aren't a lot of other stocks out there and I'm just looking to just put a probe in the market. But honestly, we, even within the medical area, the healthcare area, there, there are a lot of better ones uh, out there. But um, uh, so, so yeah, so I, I think this is a good example of you, you want to take a look at everything kind of like what we did here with the Perigo and, and say, you know, this doesn't have a lot of the stuff. Ideally the stocks that we're going to buy there aren't any perfect stocks out there, right? But the mm-hmm. the goal is to find the stocks with the least amount of flaws. And when I when you just quickly look at this, there are plenty of flaws in this stock where it would be it would be pretty far down on the list for, for me to consider buying it. I'd rather take a chance on on some of these other stocks that have a lot more things going in its favor on a fundamental and technical basis. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, you know, again, you can have a lot of flaws, but if you have some things that are very compelling, you know, there there's some some new product or new service, uh, right. you know, and, and you, 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 again, see something looking forward uh, that that could, you know, really 
really change the way we do things. Uh, that's that's where you're kind of getting something to balance that out. And again, the estimates, uh, you know, going forward, those are impressive, but you know, that's not always enough. So this is sounding like a, a wave that you might be passing on. I'd pass on this wave. I mean, the other thing is going back to, you know, if there's that story, right? The way I always look at it is, does a stock have fundamentals, earnings, or a story? And mm -hmm. a lot of times if it has two out of the three and the market's good, I'll take a shot, right? If the story's really good and it doesn't have the fundamentals just yet or not a lot of great fundamentals, but it has a strong chart and a great, great story, I'll, and it's breaking out, I'll take a shot at it. Mm -hmm. uh, the the difference is, is versus those type of stocks versus Perigo, is Perigo's been around for a long time, right? This has been around for 30 plus years here. Right. right? A lot of times those ones that have a new story, they're, they're a new, young, innovative company, usually more technology related, mm -hmm. that they're starting to do something within within the kind of the tech field that people just don't understand yet. And so they're they're really kind of expanding in a massively growing market. So it, it has a lot of tailwinds behind it, kind of pushing it up. And and obviously then you're also in a, a strong market that's rewarding those type of stocks. We're not we're like in the opposite of that. We're we're in a market where it's looking for strong earnings, uh, you know, good valuations, all this kind of stuff versus kind of the the growthier stuff that a lot of times will gravitate towards when the markets are rewarding rewarding those type of stocks that don't necessarily have a lot of great earnings, but they have that great story. Right. And I mean, this is something that we see in retail uh, a lot of times where, you know, maybe you've got this retail idea and, you know, it starts it starts in one area of the country and then it's an expansion issue, um, you know. Uh, Bill O'Neill was often kind of lamenting the fact that uh, Home Depot started in Atlanta. He's like, man, if this had just started on the West Coast and I had seen it, you know, then uh, it, it could have been a different ball game. I, I might have been a little bit quicker to to, to get into this. But, uh, you know, Price Company, you know, that that did start over here. You know, he he saw that initial one down in San Diego and he's like, hey, this is something. Um, and, and then again, when, when you go from that one one or two stores to you know a hundred and and then beyond that uh so yeah as you said there, there there's got to be some type of story there so uh and, and not not a bad idea to kind of look at the fundamentals the technicals the story the market um you get three out of four and now you're now you're talking about something so uh, well thanks for uh Thanks for surfing this podcast with me uh, here, Arusha. I appreciate you being here. And uh, next week, we're going to have on the show Tasha Keeney from ARK Invest. Uh, she's an analyst over there. And so it'll be really interesting to kind of pick her brains on some of the things that uh, they're looking at over at ARK Invest. So hope you join us for that. Thanks a lot for watching us this week. We'll see you next time. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast if you haven't already. We'd really appreciate it. You can also send us your questions and comments to investingpodcast at investors.com. We would love to hear from you and may use your comments on an upcoming episode. This podcast is for informational and educational purposes only, and nothing should be construed as a recommendation to buy, hold, or sell any securities. Make sure to consider consulting with your financial advisor before making any investment decisions.